too little water in California? How about too much? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. People in California are aware that disasters like the big one, a massive earthquake along the San Andreas Fault, are potentially in their future. But according to a new study, they should prepare for something almost inconceivable, mega floods. It might seem implausible as the state confronts an historic mega drought. Just last week, Governor Gavin Newsom was announcing plans to boost the state's water supply in the face of climate change. But global warming can also bring extreme weather events, and researchers from UCLA warn that floods hundreds of miles long and tens of miles wide could inundate Sacramento, Fresno, or Los Angeles. The super floods would be caused by atmospheric rivers laden with moisture that stall over California and are locked in place by low pressure in the Northeast Pacific Ocean. Warmer air holds more moisture that leads to major flooding, as happened recently in St. Louis and Kentucky. The scientists say it's not if, but when these mega floods will occur in California, with the odds much greater in winters that are dominated by El Nino conditions with warmer ocean surface temperatures. One of the researchers, Daniel Swain, said that the future storm scenario includes stronger winds and more intense rainfall and up to 400% more runoff in the Sierra Nevada, where precipitation will fall as rain, not snow. It could cause devastating landslides and debris flows, especially in areas scarred by wildfire. Methane is a potent greenhouse gas, 80 times more damaging in the short term than CO2. It's emitted from oil and gas operations and agriculture, but also released from decomposing waste in landfills, where, according to a new study, quantities are larger than previously thought. Scientists in the Netherlands collected data by satellites to show that some landfills release tons of methane each hour, with ones in urban areas of Argentina, Pakistan, and India emitting almost three times more than earlier assessments. A landfill in Buenos Aires had a climate impact equaling one and a half million cars. One researcher said that the problem can be easily solved by separating and composting the organic waste. Composting uses oxygen to prevent methane-producing microbes from creating the gas. But in landfills where the waste is buried, the microbes can thrive. Old-growth forests are invaluable for their ability to trap and store CO2, clean air and water, and provide habitat. But they're not alone in these remarkable attributes. Have you ever heard of old-growth grasslands? Researchers led by the University of Colorado Boulder want us to pay more attention to these often overlooked areas, which sequester about one-third of all carbon stored on land and are home to a range of diverse species. They are also more resilient than forests to fire, heat, and drought caused by climate change. But ancient grasslands worldwide, from prairies to savannas, are imperiled, having been converted into farmland, used to grow trees, or developed as cities expand. And like old-growth forests, pristine grasslands take centuries to restore, if at all. So what remains intact needs to be protected. Luckily, there's been momentum in that direction. 
Just a few weeks ago, Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon introduced legislation to establish the North American Grasslands Conservation Act to protect, restore, and manage these vital ecosystems. Given that 85% of grasslands in the U.S. are privately owned, the act would empower ranchers, farmers, and tribes as stewards to improve biodiversity, support habitat connectivity, and protect watersheds all while increasing sequestration to confront the climate crisis. Senators Michael Bennett of Colorado and Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota co-sponsored the bill. And finally, if you buy healthy food at the grocery store, you're doing a solid for the planet. A study from Oxford University found that nutritious foods tend to be more sustainable and environmentally friendly than other choices. But when you pull a product off a store shelf, it's hard to determine its environmental footprint from its package. So researchers looked at more than 57,000 food items to build a database of individual ingredients and rank them by environmental impacts such as greenhouse gas emissions, land use, and water stress. They then overlaid the nutrition quality in terms of calories, salt, saturated fats, sugar, protein, and fiber. Foods that were healthy and good for the planet tended to be made with plants and included fruits, vegetables, breakfast cereals, some breads, and meat alternatives like tofu or vegan sausages. There were some surprising exceptions. Both nuts and seafood were nutritious but had relatively high environmental footprints. The team found that foods containing lamb and beef had the most serious environmental impact, scoring up to three times worse than options made with poultry. Also in the lose-lose category for sustainability and health were cheese and chocolate. So fondue? Maybe fondant? That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.